the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. Welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us for more Monster of the Week here in Autumn Falls. But before we begin, let's introduce those heroes. Hugo? All right, well, um, I would like to formally thank everyone for coming to the 2020 Autumn Falls Convention. I assume you're all here for your con exclusives, yes? Well, first off, we have this wonderful, wonderful piece. Um, you can see by the vest on it, very, very proper. It is part of the Whitaker Collection. Yes. <laughs> if you are oh, if you're not so inclined for the Whitaker collection you can always go personally it's one of my favorites the uh Edgecrest collection as you can see we have various models this version here is kind of gloopy this one here has a really big afro getting the hair details was very difficult if you look at our Felicity model for example it took us at least 20 hours of development to get the fluff just right now, for the other people in our line who are looking for the perfectionist things, if you look at our Bethany model, you can see the very fine detail on this pin right here. You can be part of the sorority. You get that real feeling of being there. If you are looking for our more digital offerings, specifically the Raven package has quite the number of forum avatars that come with it. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Although, I do believe we may have outdone ourselves with the stunning 12-inch model, Battle Ready Aiden. Look at the wing details on this, just glowing. Just look at this. Do sir, you sir, question yeah, please. Yes, yes, yes. Does it glow in the dark? We've heard rumors. Will it glow in the dark? <laughs> oh, it, it does not only just glow in the dark, but if you put it on this base right here and push this button, they light up and the eyes oh, light up. Oh my gosh, there are, there are the LEDs hand. built into the statue itself. Wow. It's amazing. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Also, on your way out, don't forget to grab your Hugo gift card. It's worthless, <laughs> but it'll get you somewhere. It puts you in moderate to low standing with the nearest cult. Thank you for that. Let's have an adventure. Last time, our heroes did a training day. You determined that if you're going to keep fighting trolls and kitsune and hell beasts, that probably it would be good to practice once in a while on the off days. And so a group of you went off to one of the local trails in order to do some spell slinging, to reach into the ether of magic and see what came up. And what came up was some very strange powers from Felicity and a new friend for Raven as she summoned a small nature spirit who they named Windy, who appears to be some sort of jackalope creature. On the other side of things, Agent Whitaker and Hugo had not quite a meet-cute a meet and glare? They ran into each other at the museum. And Whitaker, using his very special secret agent skills, followed Hugo down to the Whispered's library that they have in the secret basement of the Autumn Falls Natural History Museum. They were discovered down there by one of Hugo's co-workers and another Whispered member, Rhea Singh, 
But thankfully, Hugo made some other decisions, knocking Rhea out and then going to let Professor Argyle know immediately what had just happened because honesty is the best policy. Argyle said that this was a problem and that a tribunal was likely to be held to determine the Whispered's next course of action, given that now someone from outside the organization knows of where they do their research and has more concrete proof that they do in fact exist. Meanwhile, Bethany went off and did a a training day of her own, not wanting to feel codependent on the magic users and also not really relying on a job position from Agent Whitaker, but in any case, deciding that bettering herself for herself was good enough reason to go running and take some kickboxing classes. So that's pretty much where we left off. Let's do some quick start of mystery questions. I got a six. I think it's no vision at all. Oh, really? I seem to remember you getting a six last time and you got some sort of very hazy sort of thing. Premonitions? On a miss, you get a vision of something bad happening to you and the keeper holds three. Ooh, I should have remembered that part. That's right. That would have made magic lessons very interesting. That was, I think I got Uh, like a nine on that one. I got clouded images. Hold three. It'll be fine. Yeah, last time this happened, it was when I got cornered. Felicity, your vision, your vision is of you're running down a dark stone hallway. Seems to be underground. You hear dripping of groundwater seeping through the stone and hitting the cobbled floor of this place. You're running, you're running, you're running. You get to a door, which just explodes in front of you. You're not sure how. When you enter this room... You see a lot of machines sparking and energy being transferred through conduits. Occasionally there's flashes. And you see Aiden is strapped up in some sort of device, screaming. And you also feel this pounding, pounding headache as you see her being affected by this machinery. And that's your vision. Boy, I hate that one. That sucks. Wow. I suppose you have that the night after training. The, the night of training, as you like settle down for bed, you have this like spooky vision. Ghosty and Tom see that you're bothered by it. They come over and pat your nose and, and kind of give you a hug, trying to comfort you. Raven, what are your startup mystery rolls like? So I rolled a nine. So I get to hold one for connect the dots. And I will hang on to my question until it makes sense to ask it. So let's pick up with Whitaker. Your conversation with Hugo and Professor Argyle ended on a bit of a solemn note. You gather that he was upset, but more that he was put in a tough position. And he kind of let that there will be a tribunal statement hang in the air. Was there any indication of whether Whitaker would be involved in this tribunal or what that would entail? Or you leave him a number to call? Or was it like, nope. you'll call me? Yeah. Call secret societies every time. Secret societies. Every stuff. time. <laughs> we'll contact you. Good Lord. Uh, did Hugo leave too? Or is it just, just me out here? There wasn't a lot more to be said between Hugo and Argyle. It was sort of a, like, you're in trouble again, and this time it's even worse than last time. And it was your day off, so there's no reason for you to stay at the museum after that anyway. The whole, like, encounter souring your intentions of going to maybe hang out with the ladies and Damien up on the trail. I guess Whitaker just goes back to his trailer and continues on with his life. 
He winds up getting back to the trailer, I would say, probably a, a little after dinner, or maybe like right before. It was a pretty stressful encounter. If you want to just say like, <laughs> yeah, he goes yeah. and puts his feet up, that's acceptable. <laughs> um, no, he's got, he's got work to do. He's got shit to do. Um, he does send out a text to the group chat, making plans to head to the Eastie agency to collect on some samples. Would anyone be interested in joining me? Raven will offer. She'll just message the group and be like, yeah, I'll go. Nice, nice. I picture, <laughs> I picture Whitaker saying it out loud as he texts it to the group and Damien just like pops out of his coffee pot or something. Melts in through the shades of the Winnebago window. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. And uh, he'll start compiling a, like a, a list of places to check out in the Portland area. I think Felicity wants to go too. Felicity will come. Aiden replies with just like a thumbs up. She'll go if everyone's going. Um, bit of a caravan now. I love this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can get your camper brought down and sort of renovated. <laughs> That'd be um, nice. Like a deep clean, you know? <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun. So you don't know where Damien has been. So a deep clean is for the best. Yeah, no, ever since this unfortunate roommate situation has happened, Whitaker's been, like, vacuuming more and, like, looking for traces of goo everywhere. And you notice he started to do this thing. You know when, like, people, um, when they walk out of the ha- their house and they're, like, making sure they got all their keys and phone and shit? He does that, but specifically, Damien, you might notice this. He runs his hand on the underside of one of his shelves all the time. There's a spot underneath a bedside table that he just runs his hand under in the same way that someone checks for something that they want to make sure is there. So if Damien sees you do this, he's going to start casually doing the same thing. But not looking, just doing but the not hand looking, just, just the motion. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. That's fun. You find a key magnetized to the bottom of the bed, to the underside of the, of the, of the little shelf. Has Damien seen anything he related i think damien stumbled across the chest under whitaker's bed that was locked yep we'll have to sleep on this and wait till whitaker is not awake to take action but duly noted well you've never seen him open it so (laughs) (laughs) that's true so how interesting could it really be yeah exactly probably pretty boring anyway yeah that's there. He's texted people. He's researching locations in Portland. Jeez, kinda... Does he have like a, a pretty late night doing that or does he go to bed at his normal time? No, like... no, he's going to do research because if he has nowhere to go, like he can't leave until everybody's ready to leave at this point. So it's like if he's got nowhere to go, he's just going to stay up, right. type in and tap until uh, he feels satisfied. I can do an investigative mystery role if that feels Sure, yeah. Why don't we do that and then I want to jump over to Hugo. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Actually, no, you can just jump over to Hugo. I don't want to take it. Do, do the roll. I should make you guys roll more. Just, I enjoy hearing everyone role play, so I forget. Oh, that's a 12. So it's yes. a, it would be a 13 in total. I guess the important one would be where did it go, since I'm looking at locations. You know of at least three warehouse drop points that... You may not have investigated them yourself, but you've heard about them from other agents that work more in the Portland area regularly. So you know of at least three places that he might go to deliver this contraband to a a supernatural dealer of some kind. And we can work out what those are. I mean, there's probably one at the wharf, probably one in a subway station. There's probably also an actual like warehouse, warehouse outside the city limits. You have some like trails to follow, basically. 
okay. and you also know that there are a few people in Portland that you could talk to about, I'm looking for this, have you seen a guy? You have a couple people in the city that you've met and spoke with firsthand a few times, so. Okay. And I'm also going to, and you don't have to answer this yet, but I'm just going to send some notes to the agency on um, the question, what sort of creature is it? Just going to give them like, this is the description of what I saw. What do you got for me? Pig, gotcha. pig man. Mm-hmm. Transforming, shifting pig man. Okay. Hugo, you're in trouble. What's your post-confrontation time look like? His bike ride home takes twice the normal length. He's somewhat deflated. And... He's probably just going to get home and sleep. He doesn't check his phone, so... Doesn't check his phone, goes home, goes to bed early. So, that evening. Damien, when you get back, do you stick around the Whitaker camper? Yeah, so he'll be doing... Damien would have been on another computer just to mimic Whitaker, but instead of doing actual important research, Damien is just on the blog, The Watcher, checking out posts and stuff, familiarizing himself so that he can be doing computer stuff too. And then when Whitaker's finally like ready to turn in for the day, then Damien's going to leave the trailer and just go off into the night. All right, I'll say this. It's maybe, it's probably like midnight. Mm. Whitaker, you're getting tired. You're probably going to call it quits soon. Damien, you're not, obviously, but you're just, like, waiting for the cue. You hear something drop and hit the floor, like a a pen or, like, a penny or, like, a coin or something. Just something metal hits metal tiling in the kitchen section of the camper. And I need you both to read a bad situation. Oh, shit. Uh, You're going to have to roll for me. I can do that. And this is the one where it's, like, what's the easiest way out? Protect the victims and... Damien, you got a nine just on the die. Okay. Yeah, read about situation is sharp, I think. That's a minus one. Okay, so you got an eight, which is a mix. Whitaker, you did how well? A six plus one, which is a seven, which is also okay. a mix. So a mix for both of you then. You both get one question. You can ask, what's your best way in? What's your best way out? Are there dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's most vulnerable to me? What's the best way to protect the victims? Some of those like dangers you haven't noticed yet seem like a pretty obvious choice. Biggest threat also feels important. So, Damien, your question, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Dropping down through the skylight of Whitaker's trailer is a figure who is dressed all in black. They are carrying a pair of tonfas, which they have held in a reverse grip, so the longer portion is right along the forearms, ready to defend. When they land, they don't make any sound, it's just a silent descent and the only noise comes from little screws rolling around that they must have undone on the outside of the skylight in order to make their entrance. Oh, that's so Uh, cool. Yeah, it's very scary. (laughs) Whitaker, biggest threat to you, you look over at this figure and a a throwing knife flies through the window, whizzes past your head and like embeds in the wooden cabinet next to your face. And you see another figure force open the door of your camper and step through holding some throwing knives. This looks like a lady, but same attire. Whitaker sees your throwing knives and raises you one gun. (laughs) Okay. Are we going to roll to kick some ass? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. It's uh, a nine, an eight plus one. That is a mixed, mixed uh, success. You and whatever you're fighting inflict harm on each other. The amount of harm is based on the established dangers in the game. So what's the Runs harm rating on your gun? Uh, it's a two harm, close, reload, and it's loud. Okay. Because it's a gun. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and you're inside a small space. Yeah, so he just runs over to his like closet and like bang, bang, whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which one are you aiming at, just so I can keep track? Um, probably the one that threw a knife at him, because that is someone who clearly has intent to harm. So you fire at them. It hits them in the shoulder, but you do see the bullet ricochets off something that they're wearing under this like blackout Ooh. suit they've got on. And in response, as she's recoiling, she still lets fly two more knives. And they don't strike you to like harm you. They your collar. And now you're like Ooh. pinned back against the part of your camper that you're standing in now. That's fun. That's cool. I will say one of them grazes your cheek, gives you like one harm. So. What Damien should do is phase out of the trailer and get on his phone and call up Aiden. But in order to do that, he's going to have to resist grabbing some of Whitaker's knives and throwing them at the knife wielder, which is act under pressure, which is cool, which is no modifiers. That's a nine. I give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. The price to pay is sort of leaving. Whitaker alone. Well, hard choice, Damien, is the guy with the tonfas is inching forward the way a fighter does, where he's, his like foot is inching forward, his body's kind of staying stationary, but he's setting up to like come in and attack. And if you phase out, this guy will totally redirect and that attack will go towards Whitaker, knocking him out or just hurting him. Damien, he's, he's a demon. He's going to phase through the wall, let Whitaker take the hit because he needs to make the phone call and get some backup ASAP. Um, he would just have to call Aiden, because everyone else is going to take too long. We'll resolve that in a second. Whitaker, the guy with the tonfas, makes one swing where Damien was going to be, but then quickly readjusts, spins around with a backhand, and clocks you in the jaw. Uh, so you see some um, stars. So um, I'm, not wearing, I'm not wearing any special armor, but I do have battlefield awareness, which mm-hmm. gives you a plus one armor. Does that count because I'm currently pinned and stationary so i can't like respond to awareness on the back you you can still like adjust your face okay. a little and like or like throw a hand up you know to catch a little bit of it oh um, right my hands are free okay you know your, your hands are still free so if you like put a hand up it smacks your hand and then your hand smacks you so you take the one harm damien so you're calling aiden yes she is in her apartment she's got her headphones on and her little CD player that she listens to sometimes. She's sitting in her window nook. Her phone rings, kind of buzz buzz. She's got it on quiet, but she picks it up. (sighs) Hello, Damien. Hi, Aiden. This is Damien. How are you? I'm fine. It's late. What what is it? We're being attacked by ninjas. Get over here immediately. (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, all right. Uh, Where are you guys parked? Parked with the trailer. That doesn't, I can't turn that on all the time. I'll, I'll be there soon. So she hangs up and she opens the window to her apartment and she crouches to leap out the window, but her eyes dart just over to the window of Hugo's apartment where she sees something climbing into Hugo's window. We'll resolve that in a second. Whitaker, you got two ninjas on you. <laughs> uh, God, I sure do. Fucking demons, am I right? Who the fuck are you and why are you in my trailer? And I, I, I still have the gun, right? They didn't, like, disarm me or yeah. anything. I brandish the gun threateningly. Okay. But if you want to try and shoot at them again, you can. I think he's just going to, like, in his mind, it's like it's a gun versus two sets of melee weapons. Mm-hmm. He's got the upper hand. If he threatens hard enough, maybe they'll get the message. Okay. So you're going to try and manipulate roll then? 
Yes, yes, it's gonna be right, like, get out my flat with the gun as the reason for why. Wow, get to roll plus charm. That's Yeah, uh, your favorite that's a, skill. <laughs> that's an eight, a mixed success. If you ask too much, they'll tell you what, if anything, it would take for them to do it. Only if you do something to them right now to show you mean it. Well, you definitely mean it. You're brandishing a gun in their face. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can shoot again to show that I mean it. The woman who took a hit to her shoulder gives a look to the, the other guy, and he kneels for a second and boosts her up through the top of the camper. She lands up top. You're not sure what she's doing up there because she's out of your line of sight. But once she's thrown up, he's going to come at you again. And this time he's going to attempt to disarm you. So that is a nine plus one plus tough. So 11 minimum. That being said, he is using the kick some ass move. So if you would like to inflict some harm on him, I will let you. Let's say that if he disarms him, Whitaker drops the gun. Can he pull one of the knives out and stab him? Oh, like the one that got thrown into the yeah. wall? Yeah, the one totally. on either side of his neck. Sure. You go to stab this guy as he comes in to try and disarm your, your gun arm. It strikes against plating that's underneath the, the suit. He's got yeah. similar one armored. So his extra effect is force them where you want them. So his tonfa, so it's just another two harm unless you're using your battlefield awareness to make it one. Yeah. So you block him, but he shoves it into your chest, kind of knocks the wind out of you a little bit. And he gets you in a wrist lock which causes you to, to drop your weapon. It, it basically seems like he's going to like choke you out, make you pass out, essentially. You fought people enough to know he's doing the moves to get himself into that position. And it's probably why the other one tried to restrain you with the knives. Okay. Uh, Speaking of the other one, Damien, where, sure are, where were you when you phased out? Did you just like sit under the camper? Yeah, I was going to say I went through the wall, but I like just plopping down straight to the ground. So once he's done making the call, then he's just going to, you know, jump right back up into the camper and do his life drain to whoever's inside fighting Whitaker. So it's gonna be kick some ass. Cool, two dice for Damien. That's a seven. I have a minus one tough, so I'm gonna fail that one. Oh no. On a miss, you get your ass kicked instead. You suffer harm or get captured, but don't inflict any harm back. Perfect. This is kind of what I was aiming for as these antagonist characters. Damien, when you phase back up through the camper, Mm -hmm. You look around, because you only see one in here now, and you're like, did Whitaker explode the other one? What happened to her? And you can look up briefly. It's tough to see, because it's light in here and dark outside. Mm. But you hear footsteps now on the top of the trailer. If you poke your head up, or go to, you get shocked as you reach to go up through that skylight. And you drop back mm. down, and you see her land by the door. And she is scattering a white powder around the camper. It seems like you're getting trapped in here. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you are captured in that she has made a circle around the trailer to keep you inside. Then Damien's next step, and you'll have to let me know if he'd know if this was kosher or not. If he fills up a cup of water to dump it on the salt, would that do it? I don't think it would work immediately because it's actively a spell now. It's not just normal table salt once she infuses the magic oh, into it. Oh, it's not just a salt circle. Unless you actually perform some magic, the salt circle is just salt. And so her move this time around was to create a barrier. Whitaker, you are about to be put into chokehold. What's your move? Am I bigger than this man? Whitaker's a good 6'2". Yes. And works out. You are bigger than him. This guy is like 5'8". Okay. 
but clearly like tough. Okay. He's not scrawny. He's got a very athletic build and he moves like an experienced fighter. So I don't actually know a lot of martial arts, but I imagine there's, if someone's going in for a chokehold, you get your hands up here in between, you know, them and the your neck. And I don't know, he's gonna like g grab this man and try to like throw him to the ground. I think maybe you're acting under I, pressure then. I think it would be an act under pressure as well, which I'm very good at. That's cool, right? That's, that's It plus is plus cool. cool, yes. I'm good at that. <laughs> it was still a six. I failed. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Rip. You know, sometimes the narrative knows where I want it to go. Y yeah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you get experience, so. That's always fun. Always fun. Yeah, you, you go to put your hands up, but he pulls your other arm back. So now he's got you in an arm lock and he's reaching around with his other arm to press against your windpipe. Um, Rip. And you, you start to like, your vision has that like blackness creeping in on the sides. Damien. Damien is gonna duck back inside the trailer to go help Whitaker. You're in the trailer for sure already. Okay, so I can see her outside. She's stuff. like coming in the normal entrance to the trailer, like just the side door. So whatever she's made is clearly only effective against you. She looks like she's gonna cast a spell on you. Gotcha. Damien's priority is still to get Whitaker okay. So he's gonna go behind the guy putting Whitaker in a chokehold and he's gonna go to do a chokehold on the guy. But since there's no way he's gonna know the martial art grip for it, I'm just gonna do a kick ass and just do like the life drain. That is a 10. Minus one. Okay, mixed success. You and whatever you're inflicting harm on hurt each other. You go to life drain this guy, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spin it a little bit. You don't actually get your life drain off. What happens is the woman who is casting the spell, and you're like, I'm safe. I step behind her partner. She just throws the spell at you through both of them, and then into you, and it's a lightning. So Whitaker, <laughs> you're gonna take three harm magic. Your assailant takes three harm magic, and Damien, you take three harm magic. <laughs> Woof. Her use magic does get a glitch applied to it. It has a problematic side effect. This lightning knocks out the lights in the camper. So it's now pitch black, which doesn't help them, doesn't help you. It's just problematic for everybody. <laughs> As she lances a lightning bolt out of her hand, blackout. We cut to Hugo. How light a sleeper is Hugo? Hmm. He doesn't sleep well, mm. suffice to say. Then he probably would wake up and you see two figures on either side of your bed. It's dark, the lights are off, but one of them has its eyes catching the moonlight and they seem kind of yellowy with like a slit through them. So he's, he's just gonna lie there. The figure with the slitted cat's eyes reaches down and roughly pulls the blankets off of you. And you hear Rhea's voice on the other side of the bed. We're going, get up. All right, let me put on my shoes. Swing your feet over, put on some shoes. He saw uh, this coming. Does he have New Balance? These are closer to um, jet black. I guess Puma is the proper term for this one. Hugo's on point, even when he's being abducted. Hugo uh, bikes. <laughs> <laughs> you need our proper shoes if you're biking. So Hugo, you you knew this was coming. You're not shocked by it in any way. But when you step out of your bedroom and into the kitchen to like leave the apartment, there is a light there, and you, like your eyes, you're kind of like, Ugh! and Aiden is now in your kitchen, glowing golden, 
Hugo, what's hey. going on? Uh, midnight stroll. Mid midnight stroll. You know. You you have enough time to say, uh, midnight, and the creature with the cat's eyes steps out of the bedroom, sees Aiden there, and just <laughs> leaps at her. So Aiden is going to try and kick some ass. That's not great. That is a seven. Yep. So she at least gets to do some damage to this thing. And I guess I will describe it, because with her golden light, it actually lights up both of them. Rhea is in a similar blacked out outfit, but her forearms are folded calmly. This other creature, it has like black pants on the bottom of its legs, but it is a big were tiger. And it leaps at her. It's going to claw at her with its big angry tiger hand. And she's going to go to meet that with a punch filled with her divine energy. Uh, let's see. Tiger claw is probably three harm. Aiden's punch is just a normal punch. Aiden has her two armor and a harm reduction. So they do that thing where their fists meet and there's like a silent shockwave and some of your dishes rattle. Cling, 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 cling. Right. And she quickly throws up another hand and catches the other tiger paw. And so now she's like this little glowing angel holding back this beast that's now snarling at her and got its fangs bared. Rhea says, you really aren't making this easy for yourself. I don't know what you're talking about, Rhea. A Aiden, Aiden, we have neighbors. They're trying to sleep. Tell that to her. She's, I'm not being loud. Well, the tiger is just like, <sighs> do you want to try and do anything, Hugo, to help the situation at all? I'm going to try to protect. Nice. Describe this for me. So I'm assuming that they are in, you said that they're essentially in a grapple with each other's hands at this point. Yes. They just kind of locked hands in like almost a wrestler's pose, the entryway of your, like entryway slash living room of your apartment. He's going to protect, but he's not going to protect Aiden. Mm. So he's going to move up in between the two of them and try to hit her hands in an attempt to make her let go. Because bad life choices, that's, that's what we do here. 12. Nice. You managed to protect. Specifically, I'm going to go with the plus 10 thing of you hold the enemy back. But the enemy is technically my friend, but, mm. well... But you hold them back. So you force yourself between these two locked combatants. Aiden is wide-eyed and looks fairly freaked out. You two have dealt with monsters in the past, but they've never just shown up at your house. And these two people seem to be here to collect or kidnap you. And she just got a call from Damien saying that he and Whitaker were being attacked too. She looks at you, Hugo, and she's like... Whitaker and Damien are in trouble, and I think it's the same people. Uh, That's not reassuring. Rhea is going to make a move. Uh-oh. She reaches into her pocket and takes out a little capsule. It's silver chrome, and it seems to have a hinge on it of some sort. It's got banding around it that allow it to, instead of rolling when she tosses it, it just sort of settles on an edge uh, on one of its sides. She just calmly pulls this out of one of her pockets, throws it down, and when it lands in front of Aiden and this were-tiger, the tiger quickly leaps back, and Aiden gets caught in some sort of trap that this device is creating. It's like electricity sort of wraps around her, and you see when it does that, all her golden energy gets away, and now she's just on the ground, like, twitching as this thing, like, shocks her. And Rhea just walks over, puts a bag over Aiden's head, picks her up with all four of her arms, throws her over her shoulder. Are you coming? You say that as if I have a choice, Rhea. Well, you do. 
conscious or unconscious. So as they prepare to leave, he's going to turn off the set of fairy lights sort of in the back corner, just to save electricity, and then, yep. <laughs> yeah, a very ominous fairy light. Uh, Those fairy lights from shopping together? Mm-hmm. Oh, Bethany would be so proud. So, we are going to pick up the following morning. Damien. Once the lights were knocked out in the camper, there was some struggling, some scuffling, and you were essentially not like disabled or rendered unconscious or anything, but with the two of them, they were able to just sort of like push you away, get him, get out of the camper and leave. And with the barrier set up, you can't leave the camper. So what do you do for the rest of the night? Do you immediately call other people? Are you waiting on Aiden? I imagine you would wait on Aiden for a little bit. At that point, he's like, I've reached out to Aiden. I have to reach out to Agent Felicity and see if she can get me out of the salt circle. I don't know if her phone is going to be on silent because she's sleeping. It's not on silent. (laughs) She probably knew this whole thing was happening. I do have a thing. <laughs> she did have a vision. <laughs> well, it's, um, let me, let me find it. Hunches. When something bad is happening somewhere that you aren't, roll plus sharp. So Felicity, whether you were awake or not, you get like a tingling feeling. It starts at your ankle and rises up to the top of your head. And you're just like, whoa, something's wrong. So if I roll... Uh, and I got a 10 plus, I could get there on time. Seven to nine is get there a little late. And then on a miss, uh, I get there in time to be in trouble myself. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. So you get there in time. I feel like we could work it out where so you. I'm on my way when Damien calls me. Yeah, I would say that like Damien calls you. You definitely arrive in time to prevent him from, like, destroying the camper. (laughs) That's fair. In order to exit it. That's fair. So, you show up at Whitaker's camper. It's dark. The lights are off. Damien! Felicity, I'm trapped. There is a faint ring, almost a soft LED kind of glow, on the ground around the camper, amongst the grass. Okay. Is the salt still on the ground? Is that... The salt is there. That's what seems to be glowing. Okay, can I just brush it away? You can't just brush it away, no. Fair. That would defeat the purpose of putting up a barrier spell. (laughs) When you go to touch the salt, it shocks you away. It's like putting your finger in a socket. You're like, ow! Can I try to use magic? If you want. Six plus three. Nine. There's a glitch. Yeah, but you pick it. Has a problematic side effect. That's my glitch. Okay. Have fun. Well, I know what the side effect is. <laughs> <laughs> Whitaker, for no particular reason, what car insurance do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <Agent> oh. Whitaker. <laughs> Felicity, you reach out mm-hmm. to banish this effect, and you're worried. Because what did you say, Damien? I'm trapped, or did you say that, like, took Whitaker also? How much do you feel? Felicity in on the situation. Well, first is trapped, and then, like, once I can see, like, she's working on that, then, you know, you'd be like, oh, oh, and they they took uh, Whitaker. What? And I think Aiden's on her way, but usually she just teleports. You're, like, in the middle of, like, concentrating, trying to, like, break whatever spell this is by applying your own magic to it, and when Damien says, and they took Whitaker, you're like, what? And force erupts from your hands, 
It breaks the salt circle for sure. It also <laughs> knocks the trailer. Bing, 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 and it, it goes, it tumbles a couple times. You definitely overclocked what you needed to, to use on this thing. So Damien, you go flying. You definitely take at least one harm from being snacked around inside that thing as it, it rolls. My immortality assist? Yes, it would. With her hand still out, she's going to be like, This is why! This is why you tell me all of the things before the magic! Yeah, it doesn't, like, go far. You you knock it basically over once and then upside down. So the trailer's upside down now. Definitely dented and scratched up and probably has some other damage done to it. The door area where Damien was standing is, like, caved in. There's, like, a (laughs) screeching of metal and everything. But Damien, you were able to climb out of the trailer now. It doesn't even matter that, like, she broke the salt circle, because it's not in the salt circle anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So now, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little happy that they took Whitaker, so he wasn't here to see that this was me. (laughs) It was definitely the ninjas. Oh, it was the ninjas. It was the ninjas. They flipped the trailer after they left. Because I was so threatening and, mm-hmm. you know, damaging and trying to get Whitaker back so hard, they just had to flip the trailer over and get me out of the way. Yep, that was that was their uh, tactic. Like, Tact- yeah, we uh, got him! <laughs> we, we need to regroup and figure out who these ninjas are, because I've never encountered that type of thing. It doesn't seem very Easty Agency. And they didn't want to take me, which I'm a little butthurt about, but I won't take it personally. He must have angered the wrong people. Uh, but yeah, we need to regroup and figure out where he is and what's going on with Aiden. But what do you mean, what's going on with Aiden? Well, I mean, I told Aiden that we were under attack and Damien takes a glance at his watch. Like I said, she's she not here? Teleport, yeah. Oh, oh no. Oh no, what? Uh, we gotta go quickly. <laughs> The, the good news is that Whitaker was kidnapped and he didn't leave of his own accord, which means... Oh, shit. Do we have keys? Damien, like, glances back at the trailer. Okay, uh, let me try to see if I can find the van keys. Okay, while you're doing that, uh, I'll stand on the outside and I'll fill you in on the vision that I had about Aiden and what I saw happening to her. Folks, his head out. Electricity? Yeah! Like, um, it was back in, horrifying. It was awful. Um, usually I don't get these, like, scary kinds of vision. I mean, they're usually pretty scary, and they're usually something about the future, but I feel like the last one that I had that was this bad was that one time that I was chased by that hellhound. Remember that? Remember that thing that we did together? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you died. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> good times, good times. Uh, Raven raised a, an excellent question in Discord. How did you get there, Felicity, since you don't drive? Did you just run over? I guess like, so. On foot? So it is now definitely four in the morning. Well, maybe not that long. It's definitely an hour at least to like run from your house to the trailer park camping area where Whitaker's camper yeah. is usually parked. So yeah, all right, just for timing purposes, that's time spent so far. Where do you guys go from here? You take Whitaker's truck, I'm guessing? Yes, we you- take the truck to go. We probably pick up Raven first. Is because if something has taken her. care of Aiden, we'd want to pick up, you know, Bethany and Raven and get them. All right, you call, I'll drive. 
Okay, sounds good. So I will call Raven first. What time do we say this was? Maybe like one in the morning? One in the morning, yeah. Raven picks up immediately. <laughs> <laughs> She's awake. Hello, so. like, Raven. Hello? Ready to go on an adventure? <sighs> yep. So here's the quick rundown. <laughs> There's ninjas. They stole Agent Whitaker. Oh. They definitely oh. flipped over uh, his trailer, too. <laughs> Raven knows she's lying. <laughs> yeah, you have that power, right? <laughs> definitely was not the ninjas that flipped over the trailer. Okay. Damien was there. He called Aiden. Aiden mm-hmm. said that she would come. Didn't come. I had a vision about Aiden. She was all jacked up to this uh, electricity thing. Uh, it was very scary. She was in a lot of pain, so I'm afraid that's going to happen soon. So we're coming to pick you up. Okay. How positive are you that Aiden is in danger right now? Would it be worth uh, swinging by her apartment to see if she's there, or do you think it's She too said late? she was on her way. Okay. I'll call Hugo. He's right next door. Good idea. That's a great idea. I'll, I'll call Hugo. You guys, you guys get here. Okay. I'll, be, I'll be outside. And now I'll call Bethany and say the same exact thing. It's 1 a.m.? Yes. 1 a.m. What day of the week is it? It's coming off a Saturday, so it's 1 a.m. Sunday. Bethany does answer the phone. She does sound really frazzled. Hi, what's going on? Ninjas? Is somebody dying? What? Maybe. We're coming to pick you up. Do we know where we're driving? You have no idea where to go right now. (laughs) We don't know. We're coming to get you. I am not at my house right now, Felicity. I do not think you understand. Where where are you? So sometimes, Felicity, you make poor judgments. And Bethany eyes the Tinder date. (laughs) She is at the house of... Uh Uh-huh. It's not going well. Um... Oh, I would really appreciate if we don't reveal the identity of the person who I'm bound to ghost in a day or two or let down gently. That's okay. I have to put my pants on. We have an excuse now. I will drive over. What? I can't tell him that there's ninjas. There's ninjas. They stole Agent Whitaker. They also maybe stole Aiden. Not quite sure, but she's definitely in danger. Everything is bad. Please, I just oh meet us at Raven's house. That's that's where we're heading right now. I'll be there. And Bethany looks over her Tinder date, who we don't have to give an identity to, because hopefully he'll never come up again. Uh, oh, you can guarantee I've taken a note. <laughs> <laughs> Tinder date is campaign big bad. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I got a um somebody I know just got attacked by ninjas. Um, <laughs> Honestly, any clothes she did not have on uh and she walks out before there's any other questions and we'll hope that he just assumed she didn't want to see him anymore <laughs> okay yeah perfect so time to ravens uh raven you're calling hugo yeah as soon as she hangs up with felicity she's gonna dial hugo does hugo pick up hugo did you leave your phone in the apartment oh no he brought it with him okay. probably the the dumb idea Although, he's put it into airplane mode. So does that mean he won't get the call? Like, it won't come up? It's mainly to turn off GPS stuff, so... Raven is only, like, less than half expecting him to actually answer. Like, she said, like, oh, we'll call him. 
And then as soon as she hung up with Felicity, was like, Hugo never answers his phone. <laughs> I mean, Hugo doesn't because the call doesn't go through to him. Yeah. she's As soon as that happens, she's going to text him in like a private, just text him and just be like, hey, are you good? Some weird stuff's going on tonight. Get back to me soon, okay? And then just get her stuff, get herself ready. Yep. Uh, grab her knife and all that. And then wait outside the front of her house. An hour has gone by since our little kerfuffle. Agent Whitaker, you awake on like a simple cot. It's canvas stretched over some wooden poles. But you, I mean, you immediately sit up, I assume, and take in your surroundings. There is a torch in a sconce across the hallway from the room that you're in. Iron jail bars frame the cell that you're in. And across the way, in a separate cell, is Hugo Rashad. This is some classic acolyte shit, ain't it? Classic. See, I tell they you, I told you. set mood, don't they? Mm-hmm. Hey, at least they gave you a cop this time. Oh, do you get a cot? He looks in, does, does Hugo get a cot? <laughs> Hugo has, like, one of those folding canvas chairs. Honestly, they could have not. I would have... They could have not. What would you have, though? Oh, we got, um, we got one through the ceiling and one through the front door. Oh. Hmm. Is Damien here? I don't think he would be, but he was involved, at least briefly, in the scuffle. Haven't seen him. That doesn't really mean much, though, I guess. Are you really on that bad terms with your, uh, your group here? Why are you in here, too? I assume this is them, right? I'm, I messed with their stuff, and now they're throwing me in here. See, I don't know if I should tell you that. I can neither confirm nor deny that we messed up. Well, no, I can confirm we messed up. I cannot neither it- confirm nor deny that this is the result of us messing up. It feels pretty, he's got the same smell there on that little downstairs basement area. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the basements kind of have that dusty smell, but you know, you know what I'm saying? It's got the same vibe. All right. Well, I imagine you're going to be about as talkative as ever. <sighs> Is there anything I can expect? Should I be writing my will? Bold of you to assume that anyone would see it. So what, we just wait here? Yep. Is this, uh, is this your first time in the, in the jail cell part of, the, of your secret society? Oh no, it, it's like an old home at this point. God, that's depressing. <laughs> All right, well, am I correct in assuming you're not going to say too much about what I am to expect or what this place is or anything to that sort? Yep. This is an interesting circumstance because you were allowed to come here because you know where this place is. Whitaker was knocked out because they don't want anyone knowing where they are. You weren't aware that Whitaker was being taken when you were like brought in by Rhea and her sister. But once you went into the jail cell and you looked across, you saw Whitaker unconscious. You were like, huh, because normally the Whisper does not take prisoners. So it is interesting that Whitaker is still breathing. Those Easty Agency connections, they're taking yep. caution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone's saying something and someone else is listening to that something. So, I want to pause there for a second. We're going to cut away to Aiden, who wakes up kind of groggy at first, looks around her, and she is in that room that Felicity saw in her vision with lots of monitors and spectrograph waves and things. And it's just like a science lab. And there's this generator and more of those little trap devices with the square corners on them. 
she goes to move and sees that she's restrained in this thing. She goes to light up and break out. And as soon as she does, a switch flicks and... And that gold light immediately diminishes. Uh, She's now normal again. And we see energy being generated by the device that she's strapped to, then get transferred into a receptacle where one of these little trap devices is. And we hear a kind of a muffled voice from a desk off to the side. I cannot believe it worked. And a, a gentleman stands up from behind this desk, possibly related to Rhea. He has a, a cane with him that he does limp over on, less for show, like Argyle's. And he stands in front of Aiden and she says, where's Hugo? Why are you doing this? Hugo is fine for now. I am very interested in you, but I am being rude, of course. My name is Dr. Singh, and you are? And she glances around the room, trying to see if like, there's anyone else here listening. My name is Aiden, but that's not really what you want to ask me, is it? And the doctor says, right, right. Wine's words. Yes, let's get right to it. How are you here? It would be a long story. I have to imagine that you are not eager to stick around. This is not where you belong. But I have so many ideas for how we could get you home and help me and my people in the process. And she says, what are you doing with those devices over there? Gestures just by looking at the the trap modules. Ah, yes, an ingenious invention of my own design. He goes over and picks one up. Quite simple, but ornate in its simplicity. This device I have created to instantly banish a spirit or demon from whence it came. I am a man of peace, you understand, and all the fighting that our hunters do with is... I do not like it. I do not like that my daughters have to engage in that sort of thing. And so I have designed this. It is instant, painless, uh, even for the most detestable of monsters. It will send them home, away from here, and there is no more danger. But you, it did not send you home. I am so curious about this. And he sets it back down on the table and wheels over a laptop cart and begins typing. And he says, perhaps we should begin at the beginning? And we will cut away from that scene. Raven, you're waiting by your car. Damien and Felicity, you guys pull up in Whitaker's truck. Damien does not drive (laughs) with the regard for the law that Whitaker does screeches around corners it's it is a good thing he has not let damien drive (laughs) okay so you knock over raven's mailbox and like (laughs) just and like luckily break before hitting her car or her anything else more important (laughs) love raven damien drives fun let's go save some friends Hey, Damien, you know what's really cool? Having other people drive you around. Like, have you heard about that? That's like a thing. Can I drive? Yes. Yes. I think uh, having gotten us here, I think I can resume my role as director and enjoy the back seat. Good. All right. That's perfect. You know, you sit back and relax. We'll figure out where we're going. And Raven will just like take the keys, <laughs> get in the front seat. <laughs> She's just going to glance sadly at her parents' mailbox. 
we can fix that in the morning. It's not like fancy. Like he broke the post it was on. Yeah, I imagine it's still up. It's just really tilted. Yeah. <laughs> Is it simple enough that duct tape could do it in five minutes? And maybe if you just like push on it and kind of straighten it out, it'll be fine. It's not a big deal. Aiden's possibly missing. We need to. We need to focus. And Agent Whitaker. Yes, he's we definitely missing. We can't forget Agent Whitaker. I need to tell him about the ninjas flipped mm-hmm. over his camper. Uh huh. Yeah, they what? kidnapped Whitaker and the ninjas flipped his camper with guys, some sort of Guys, I know you're lying. Spell. It's fine. I'll back you up. <laughs> Thanks. I can't afford that. Okay, so, Felicity, you, like, saw a vision? One of your things that you, like, see, you know for sure that that happened? I know for sure that it is going to happen. Okay. And I assume soon. Can we say that while Raven was waiting, she tried to call Aiden just just in case she hadn't gotten kidnapped yet? And, like, she's just chilling at home. I imagine it would just go to voicemail after ringing a bunch of times. Yeah, but if you call her, you get her standard voicemail after it rings a few times. She'll, she'll send a text very similar to the one she texted, texted Hugo. And she'll be like, hey, just check it in. Hope everything's okay. Let me know. Yeah, she just wants to cover all the bases of, she doesn't want to burst into her apartment if Aiden's fine, but. Yeah, no reply. Yeah, Raven's isn't going to just ask Felicity to give her, like, an exact play-by-play of everything she can remember from her vision of, like, any clues. I know we established that earlier, but just for continuity's sake, have her recount the whole thing again. I do that. So they can can try and figure, and we're waiting for Bethany, right? She drives up in her car, pounding, like, blasting music. She is in, because she was on a, a date. You know, her high heels, her chunky high heels. She's in her fucking tight-ass dress. Her hair and makeup are done. Like, she looks nice. She was ready for a date. Mm-hmm. Guys, what was, what really happened? Was it actually ninjas, or was that a- It was actually Damien Teller. Oh, it was actually ninjas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were dressed in full black, but so Whitaker, oh, gotta get a pair. We know Whitaker has been taken. We know that for sure. Okay. Damien saw it. He has yeah. been taken by the ninja people, mm-hmm. and we have very good reason to believe that Aiden is in danger. I can't get a hold of her. It's very possible that these things are connected. Aiden is usually just fine. She's like all magic and stuff. Well, like I no, called her no, 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 and no, was no. like, "Hey, teleport over here," and she was like. Yeah, sure, I'll come help. And then she never showed up. And we well, can't get a hold of her now. And Felicity had a vision that she was, was in your vision. Great yeah, I had a vision that she was in this dark, spooky tunnel thing room. And she was strapped up to a whole thing and being electrocuted. And it looked like drained of fancy golden magic that she has. Or at least it was not, she was not doing hot. Wow, okay, um, that's a lot to take in. So, Whitaker's car? Whitaker's car. Raven's gonna offer to run inside really quick and grab some, like, leggings and sneakers for Bethany. No, um... Are you good in heels? My we hope don't... is that this look will absolutely kill everybody else around, but please also bring leggings and sneakers. That was a really good joke, but I need leggings and sneakers as well, just in case. Okay. So, Raven, you run inside... You go to your room. I assume most of your family is asleep at this point. Oh, yeah. They're used uh, to Raven being awake, so they're not <laughs> too concerned if they hear her up and around. Do you want to describe your family cat? Oh, yeah. So the Eugenia family has this absolutely enormous Maine Coon cat. 
he's got like the big fluffy chest and like the the wispy fur coming out of his ears and he's just this like beautiful majestic Ooh. cat he's Baby. he's probably like five years old his name is muffins uh the family put naming to a vote and unfortunately the two youngest twins ganged up and won and so his name is muffins and i think he didn't get along with windy at first but now they've kind of I was going to say, like, you come up into your room, Wendy has one of those cat toys that has the long stick and then the Mm -hmm. mouse thing on the end, and they're just sitting on the edge of your bed, flicking it back and forth and watching Muffin, like, chase after it. I'm so glad. Just chilling. Yeah, Muffin's definitely hated Wendy at first and was very, very unsure and probably hissed and swatted a couple times but mm-hmm. eventually they yeah. sorted it out and they a couple they of a couple of quill stuff. arrows you know in the in the rump really <laughs> really established in a pecking oh, order yeah. quickly and again this is only that same evening so because your cat is like it's socialized so like you know windy Very using friendly. windy using the toy throws off the like a strange animal vibe to like oh a thing that will play with me so yeah so windy is there when you come in it's ear kind of like flick flick and then it throws the toy across the room, stands up and looks at you like, what's wrong? And you can just sense that something's bugging you. Um, so as she's gathering the stuff for Bethany, she's gonna just quietly explain to Wendy, I think some of my friends are in danger. We're gonna go try and find them, save them. I don't really know. Do you wanna come with me? And she uh, still doesn't really know Wendy's intelligence. So after she says that, she kind of looks at him and does like the pats her thighs and like, come on. Like, do you want to come with me? <laughs> Are you, like, kneeling over a little bit? Yeah. So Wendy is sitting there, and as you're talking, it occasionally will, like, tilt its head or, like, nod a little bit. Like, oh, she has no oh, idea how much of this is actually like, getting Its ears are definitely active and listening and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you say, do you want to come with me and, like, open your hands? You see Wendy starts to almost be blown away, like, dust in the wind fall colored leaves also start to like be blown away as its form vanishes but the swirling leaves do a quick once around your room and then gather around your shoulder and windy (laughs) appears and it's just like ready to go all right let's go and she'll give muffins a little head scratch and Mm -hmm. tell him to be good muffins goes over and like paws at one of windy's quills that's like stuck in your hardwood floor You guys are going to the Riverview Apartments then to look for Aiden first? I think that's the only lead we've got. And potentially see if he goes there. You know? I could try to tune in. Ooh. Yeah. See what's going Whatever on. Whatever that means. Do uh, it. Damien, give me Can the you best. you do it while I'm driving? <laughs> yes. I could, cool. I could try. Damien, give me the best description you can of the people who came to your house. Tell me what they look like. Okay. So, and Damien, like, pulls out, like... He's picked up some, like, clothes that aren't exactly the same, but he, like, picks up, like, a black shirt and, like, black pants, like, just quickly puts it on and gets another black t-shirt, like, wraps it around his face to sort of imitate how they were dressed. Okay, so I'm gonna try to tune in. I should mention, like, while Ninja is the quick pop culture reference to pull up, they're not in, like, Asian garb yeah. at all. You know, it's, it's like, like, tactical night suit here. Dope. Let me look for him. Eight. Yeah, eight. So, hold one. Where are they right now? God, what a great skill. <laughs> what a, what a, what a awesome. game-breaking skill, Monster of the Week. <laughs> yeah, it's literally, like, 
Where are they right now? What's it planning to do next? Who is it going to attack next? It's broken. Felicity, you you think to yourself, where are they right now? And you do reach out. You feel the magic working with you. Your ability to sense things far off and disparate from your own personal experience, you get that flash of connection. And you see two figures, like Damien described, with their faces masked in these like black tight-fitted tactical suits walking down some stairs it's a spiral stone staircase and they are descending and they seem to come into a room that is filled with old books and scrolls and it's not just two of them there's a couple other figures these are in hoods they seem to be following the other figure and they're walking through this like it looks ancient you're like i don't know anywhere in autumn falls that looks like this you see that they're in a place, a castle, you're not really, I mean, that's what you see for where are they right now. So they're, they're in, they're in a cast, a castle with books. There's books, there's, there's some scrolls, there is, oh, there's a spiral stair, there's a lot more of them than I, we thought. There's not just two, but they're in a castle with scrolls. That's what I got. You're sure it's a castle? It looks like a, it looks ancient. It looks not like anything around. I don't want to be meta, but I feel like all of them sitting there being like, spooky and cryptic, scrolls, Hugo. Listen, I mean, he touches his things all the time. I would love to go inside of his apartment and take a look around and, you know, touch everything he touches. So this sounds great. I'm fine Raven's going, going to his apartment. Raven's going to toss her phone to somebody in the car and be like, one of you, text Hugo, say, it's an emergency. If you are home, you need to let us inside. I, I'm just, I need to cover oh, all of our bases. Have, has anyone tried to call him yet? I did. He didn't answer. Okay. It went straight to voicemail. His phone might be off. I don't know. And I'm going to say, come into your place. Sorry if we break in. Baby, let us in the door. Thanks. Love, Felicity. <laughs> okay. A text is sent to Hugo's phone, which is in airplane mode. And yep. under yep. who knows how many miles of stone, when you guys get to the apartments, they're not answering the door. So I'll let you think about like what your next move is while we return to Whitaker and Hugo. Some time goes by. I think you guys maybe end the awkward banter back and forth and are now just sitting there waiting. No idea what's going to happen next. Whitaker and Hugo, also in the same boat, but you at least know it's going to suck a lot. After a little while, probably the time it takes like the crew to meet up at Raven's and then drive over to your apartment, a figure in a robe comes walking down the hallway towards the two of you and yourselves. When they get close enough, they take the hood off, and it is Joseph Argyle. And he has a little, like, wooden stool that he's brought. Sets it down, sits between the two of you. I apologize for the situation. Breaking and entering was the... Is this the preferred method of um, inviting us deeper in? I assure you, you are not being invited to anything, Mr. Whitaker. The abduction, as you would call it while regrettably violent, is still the standard procedure for our operatives to ensure that no one knows where they are when they are brought to this place. You don't know where you are, I must assume. Not particularly, no. Well, I understand the need for proper procedure, so uh, 
You get that one. Hugo, you understand you are a special case. For the most part. I don't know if there will be room for another. Just that one's in the air. Mr. Whitaker, I'm doing everything I can to argue for your clemency. But you have to understand that my clout, as it were, within the Order, has been stretched very thin in recent times. And he gives Hugo a look, like, guess why? I, I hope you understand. I greatly appreciate your efforts. Is there anything I can offer on behalf of the agency and their resources to get me a better deal? No, and I wouldn't offer that as a bargaining chip either. You have to understand our group. And he also pauses, like, how much should I be saying of this? Mm-hmm. But he, like, kind of is looking at you the way he might look at a death row inmate, Whitaker, and he says, This group is not like your agency. We do not want our existence to be known by anyone who is not a member. That might seem archaic to you, but we are an archaic group. The war that our forefathers started fighting has been going on since the dawn of time. And over those many, many years, and having lost countless members to that fight, The traditions and protocols that have managed to keep the most members safe, alive, and doing the job they are trained to do have forged the Order into its current form, a dedicated and unflinching group of warriors honed to a razor's edge, and called upon to fight enemies with abilities even more fearsome than those which we can teach and pass down. You strike me as a man who has perhaps worked in intelligence at some point in his life. That is correct. Consider that if it is known a nation has spies, then those spies have already lost some of their advantage. And without lecturing you with the philosophical tenets that many, including myself, must often use to quiet our consciences, if no one knows about us, Mr. Whitaker, then no one can plot to destroy us. Our membership is not large for both of those reasons. Your reasons are more than sound. Then let me at least promise this. I often fall back on the Eastie Agency because it has worked as a bargaining chip for me many a time before. But I do hope you understand that in situations such as these, and from my own personal experience, there are plenty of things relating to the other world that I have not told the Eastie Agency, and I am more than willing to make this one of them. I know that may not be much, and that may not go very far, but that's all I got for now. The ability to keep a secret is certainly something to be valued. We will have to see if the other council leaders are willing to accept our defense of your case. Either way, it shouldn't be long now before they all arrive, and then the tribunal will officially begin. And he glances over at you, Hugo. What do they say about last chances? I honestly don't remember. Don't squander them. And he gets up 
puts his hood back on and retreats back down the hallway. You go. Hmm. When did you when did you know? When did you know that the world was a little bigger than you thought it was as a child? Was it here? Involuntarily, yes. How old were you? Oh, it was only a few years ago. All right. Was I 23 when I was doing my defense, or was I 24? Oh, right. It was after that. Yeah, 23. And you just sort of stumbled in? Or were you looking? Suffice to say, I was looking, but I found much more than I was bargaining for. I thought I was just going to be talking to a bunch of people. But no, it got complicated very quickly. Has, um, it was only a few years ago, has this group been the only lens through which you've seen the other world? Well, I wouldn't call Aiden a lens, so. When did you meet, when did you meet Aiden? When I moved in. All right. She was here before I got here. Are you sorry? Sorry for what? Are you sorry that you knew, that you found out? Not at all. Sometimes it seems like you kind of resent everything in a silent, non-reactive sort of way, and I wasn't sure if that was it or if I was just misreading you. Oh, no, I do resent it fully, and they know (laughs) I resent it. Honestly, I think some of them take pleasure out of the fact that I resent it. Doesn't mean I'm sorry for it. But you'd do, it the, you'd do it the same all over again if you, had, if you had the chance? If I had the chance, I'd do it without them bashing me over the head. That would have been nice, but I'd find a different means. It's reasonable. It's reasonable. Are they, um, are they a particularly violent group? Not sure what to expect here. Is your agency a particularly violent group? Depends on who you ask. Depends on who you ask. We will jump back over to our favorite angel in captivity. She is sort of fidgeting at one of the restraints to see if she'd kind of like loosen her wrist enough to get out. The doctor is typing away at his computer and he says, please uh, do not make this more difficult than it needs to be. I do not wish to hurt you, but I would ask if you are given the opportunity to protect hundreds, perhaps thousands of people, would you make a sacrifice in order to do it? And she glares at him and she says, I have been protecting people for longer than your history books can recall. So then, this should be very easy for you. And he hits a couple buttons on the laptop and the machine starts whirring and it shocks her again. <laughs> Lightning crackling and everything. A bit of golden essence is removed from her chest and immediately is drawn towards these receptacles to fill the little traps. And he takes his glasses off, adjusts, looks at his notes. He says, uh, excellent, excellent. Do you not love when science falls into place? Like, click, click, click. I apologize for taking you from your mission, but what you are helping me to create you do so much good in the world. Do you know why we exist? <coughs> Shakes her head. She's like sweating now from the exertion of like all her muscles contracting a bunch while this electricity shocks her. She says, I don't know anything about your group other than that you've got your clutches on Hugo. And the doctor nods thoughtfully. Yes, yes, he is a special case. Much like 
many of our members. But the worlds that membership in this group opens, it is not something you can trade away once you know about it. What about you? Is there something you would never trade? And she bites her lip and again like struggles at the restraints. The things I value wouldn't even register on your scales. And he nods thoughtfully. You are the most curious creature I have ever seen. And quite beautiful, I must say. The glow, the wings, everything. But, as I said, you do not belong here. So let us send you home. And hits the button again and... At the apartments. Important question about Hugo's apartment. Does he have a little doormat outside his door? Yes, he does. Raven's going to check underneath it in case there's an extra key. So, you don't find a key, but also the door isn't locked. (laughs) In fact, the door is a little ajar. Oh, yes. This is the kind of shit I'm talking about. I pushed open that door. (laughs) Hugo! Finally! Hugo, we're here. You hear a mug shatter. Hugo is not here. (laughs) Yeah, it is pitch dark. Can I investigate a mystery? Please do. You know, he probably liked that mug too. Can I also investigate a mystery? Can we both do it? Why don't you let Felicity do it first, and then if she doesn't do so well, you could roll help out to bump her up into a success if you need to. I can also okay. use Ghosty and Tom to help me investigate a mystery. I'm not entirely sure what that does, but they can help me. Raven's okay. also just going to turn on her flashlight. All right. <laughs> I mean, you, can, you can turn on the lights of the apartment if you want. <laughs> if she heard something break from inside, She's creeped out. 12! The flashlights for the mood. Nice job, Felicity. Thank you. 12 with Ghosty and Tom. All right, ask your questions. What is being concealed here? You're searching Hugo's apartment. Again, it's Hugo's place. There's not a lot in terms of furnishings and decor, so it's very easy to do a quick cursory check of just the different areas. Where was the mug that got knocked over, Hugo? The mug was by the door. Okay. And it got broken by the door being opened so forcefully. And kind of like kicked against into the wall, probably. So you guys do a quick look through the apartment and it's, you know, not huge. So you're looking around, you're looking around. You don't see a lot, but Felicity, you notice Ghosty and Tom run into Hugo's closet and they don't run out right away. So you go over and look in that closet and there's a chest in there. Correct, Hugo? Yep. (laughs) Okay, so there's this old, old-looking chest. I don't think it would be locked, right, Hugo? Yep, not locked at all. Yeah, so it just flips open. What's inside? I'll let you describe it. So inside, you'd find multiple books, some of them in languages that are easy to understand, some of them in various characters that make it difficult to read. You also find a series of metal ingots that you can't really tell what metal it's made out of. You have seen that metal before because it was the same one that he put on the table many, many weeks ago. And you also find a rifle cleaning kit. And armor hanging up? Armor hanging up in the back area, or the back of the closet itself. At first, you think it looks like just some Renaissance fair gear, and then not quite. I'm going to pull it out and be like, guys, I think Hugo LARPs. Look at this. 
What a nerd wait. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> we worked it in. <laughs> so I'm going to pull out the chest and I'm going to show it to everybody. So confirmed, Hugo is still a nerd. But a nerd with a rifle, apparently. Um, is that like disassembled in its own case, like in the closet too? The rifle itself isn't actually in the building. The room does have quite a bit of the different rocks that Felicity's been giving him. Dope! Love that. <laughs> you also notice that the window is open. The double swinging hinged window that looks out on the parking lot, maybe? It's either the parking lot or the river. Those are the two views you get in this apartment building. And you see on the ground, kind of towards the entrance, some scratches in the tile. And also a little mark that looks like something was scorched or burned there. Following the people who are looking around the room and just mimicking exactly what they are doing. And then remembers, oh shoot, we have to check on Aiden. So then he phases through uh, the wall to Aiden's room. I'll follow Damien, well, I'll see him phase, and then I'll go around to the door to go to Aiden's room. Her door is closed, but also not locked. And when you guys are over there, you see that her headphones and her CD player are just kind of like tossed onto the couch, still going, but just like left there. Um, I have one more question, too. Go ahead. Where did it go? If we ask it enough, we're bound to get it right. (laughs) Where did it go? If Hugo isn't here, I mean, the only other place you know Hugo goes a lot is the museum. Uh, Yeah, I think at this point we can say we've deduced. That he's at the museum. That we need to look to the museum next. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, I have this weird feeling that maybe he's at the museum. Can I ask a question on something? Yeah. How did... Hugo and Aiden actually get to their final destination? Because I'm curious if Hugo's bike is actually still there. Yeah, I wanted to check for Hugo's bike, but we kind of moved forward to his room, and I was like, I gotta know his bike's... He keeps his bike in the apartment, remember? He takes it apart and puts the wheel in the closet or whatever. It is there. Hugo, you did not take the bike. He is taken by force, we know for sure now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The bike wheel is there, his bike is out on the rack outside. I will message you, Hugo, how you arrived where you're at. As soon as Raven sees the bike in the apartment, she is ten times more panicked. Two questions. One, what was Aiden listening to? Because Damien would have just instinctively like, oh, Aiden does this. I want to do this. And he like puts the headphones on to see. Okay. It's a mix of like Celtic folk songs. So a lot of like violin. It's like... Celtic women adjacent stuff. Actually, <laughs> it's a recording of like a years old episode of a Celtic sojourn, if anybody listens to that on NPR. <laughs> so it's got all the radio bumps and stuff in it also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, NPR is very Aiden. Uh, my second question, can Damien disguise himself to look like one of the stealth black ops guys that got us. Yeah. Cool. You would just use your shapeshift to, now you look like them. Whoa. I will say, though, like, you wouldn't be able to shapeshift and then take the mask off and be like, it was you all along! Like, it would just be Damien's face or no face. Yeah. Damien, if you you shapeshift, 
when, when and where do you do that? Or do you just stay in that form for a little while? No, he, I mean, he's not just going to like Shazam, but he is going to like bring that up as like an option as like, okay. Hey, if I bring you guys in, then it sort of looks more legit. And it's sort of the, the star Wars play of dressing up as a stormtrooper and leading in the prisoners. So do you demonstrate your ability to shift into them at all? Yes. Would Damien have showed us in the car? When- I imagine he did all the stuff with the clothes and then remembered yep. he can just change Wait. it. But yes, he remembers that he has powers and <laughs> transforms. Wait, I can change like it. <laughs> um, I have a question. Yes. So our plan is to shapeshift, go in, and then what? We gotta. We either gotta think of a plan around this one, or I don't. I just. I don't personally think trying to sneak in, pretending we were kidnapped is the best idea. Are we trying to fight our way out? Do we know who our enemy is? We don't know any of this. We just know that they wear a lot of cool, dark clothes and have a nice aesthetic. We can't really yeah, do I much I don't have a plan. I've just seen That's Star Wars. That's not special. So does Raven. <laughs> I don't want to go in assuming we know anything about these guys because for all we know, they're going to be right behind us. Like They're going to jump out from behind the walls because they can also face through walls like Damien just did. And we're dead so. Well, is there a way to get in contact? Are you disguised as one of them right now? Uh, yeah, yeah, to demonstrate. He would have been which, like, yeah. Which one? The one with the tonfas. Okay, so the guy? Yes. Raven, I need you to investigate a mystery. Ooh, I got an 11. I'm going to tell you what question you need to ask. Okay. What is being concealed here? Ooh, all right. When you look at Damien transformed as this, like, assailant, mm-hmm. it takes you a second, because, again, their face is covered, and you're like, oh, guy in a thing. But then you, like, actually look at his transformed face, and you know those eyes. Oh, no. You know them because you have sparred with this man for years. He has taught lessons He has pressured you into teaching lessons. You're looking at the eyes of Haru Yoshida. Ah! Love that. Raven's gonna get up to Damien and kind of like grab him by the face and like stare in the eyes. Yeah. And be like, are you sure that this is accurate? Like you are positive this is exactly what the assailants look like. Down to every detail, like gesturing to the eyes. Damien is going to grab Raven by the face in just the same way and say, yes. <laughs> I know who one of them is. And she's going to turn and face the group and kind of gesture to Damien and be like, this is, this is Haru from the, the karate studio. I know him. I've sparred with him every week for the last, like, six years. So we know something about them. Who's to say the other one isn't his sister? I don't think that's a stretch. Uh, yeah, hold on. Give me a second. Kind of looks like Noriko. Oh, God. What are we getting into? Hey there, adventurers. What are these hunters getting into this week? The episode's been chock full of danger and suspense. If even this amount of magical mystery isn't enough for you, and you need another fix of Monster of the Week content, B.H. Whitmore's Paranormal Investigations is a delightful webcomic based on a Monster of the Week campaign. Follow the adventures of a group of ghost hunters solving paranormal mysteries in fictional 1950s Boston. Adventurers, you know the sort of story a Monster of the Week game is bound to deliver. 
And we know you love that because you're here with us. These ghost hunters are learning the trade, learning about themselves, and the more secrets and motives they uncover, the more relationships are strained to a breaking point. The heroes of B.H. Whitmore's paranormal investigations soon discover that ghosts and ghouls aren't always the greatest threat. You can join this adventuring group of investigators on Webtoons almost every week. And if you're a secret weeb like some of us on our crew, I think you'll really like the slight dash of anime flavor they include in the storytelling and characterizations. You know, we ought to do an adventure in Boston. Guy, can you imagine our hunters hanging around Copley in the marketplace? They'd probably get up to trouble with that green monster, am I right? I think that'd be wicked fucking fun, my dudes. Anyway, catch you later, adventurers. <sighs> I, I had some, some semblance of a plan before, before I figured this out, and now... I was going to suggest maybe do what we talked about, but not with everybody. Just have Damien disguised as one of them. Maybe walk one of us in and have the others on the outside as backup. Or what if we just break into their houses and see what they've got? I mean, we did it here. Let's check out their place. No, I feel like maybe Aiden's I think in too much Aiden's danger. in danger, yeah. I agree with Felicity. We need to... Felicity, really you're getting that twinge in your head. Has oh, something been bad like- is happening? No, literally a headache. Oh, okay. You're you're getting like flashes of like just headache pain occasionally now. I, Bethany Miller, have a question. Why the fuck is this bad news? We now know who two of them are. And yes, okay, they can definitely kick our ass on a normal day. Absolutely. Nope. Have you seen me? I'm fit and I'm hot, but I'm not that strong yet. But I heard about your kickboxing class. Oh, thank you. I really tried my best. But also, they don't fucking expect us. Nobody thinks that I'm friends with Hugo. Like, in no, in no world would Hugo want to be my friend. And that's obviously a, a leg up in this situation. We all know that Aiden and Raven are best friends, but that's about it. And they don't expect Raven to be helping out because they think Raven doesn't know shit right now. I don't know the deal with Whitaker. They probably think he's a loner except for Damien, but Damien's not coming. Haru is. And Felicity can do fucking magic. Ah! So... We know who two of them are. That is more than we knew about five minutes ago when I asked us if we knew who any of them were. We know how to disguise ourselves. I don't want to hear any of this nonsense about now it's all different because we know that two of them could kick our ass on a normal day because it's not a normal day. That's what I'm thinking. Look, it's not a good pep talk, but it's going to work for us because we don't have our usual team leader here. So let's go kick ass and get our friends back. Raven, Wendy is on your shoulder. At first, as Bethany is, like, going off on one of her long pep talks, its ears are kind of, like, they start, like, alert, and then they slowly go back, and then, like, throughout the speech, as she, like, gets to, like, so we're gonna go out, we're gonna fight, we're gonna kick butt, and it, like, then its ears, like, perk back up, and it, like, hops off your shoulder, goes over to Bethany, raises one of its paws for, like, a high five. What the so- fuck is this? I high five Raven's pet. Wendy, <laughs> Wendy? Oh, yeah, God, that's right, Wendy. you didn't... You didn't meet Wendy. Wendy? Has Wendy been concealing itself from Bethany? It it unglamors in order to like high five you. (laughs) But this whole time while it was with me. This whole time, no, she couldn't see it. (laughs) (laughs) This is Wendy, my nature spirit. (laughs) Is that an emotional support animal? Yes.
Oh, so, I have one more investigative mystery question since I rolled an mm-hmm. 11. Can I ask what can hurt it? And that can be in the sense of when Raven's taken all these classes and she knows these two people, does she know anything that they're not super strong at? Like, Haru's really good at sparring, but like, has either of them ever mentioned anything in passing of like, oh, I'm not very good at this? Or like, oh, I have bad knees or I'm allergic to peanuts. Like, I don't know. (laughs) How many weaknesses Raven would know about? Well, short of putting him into anaphylactic shock. uh, (laughs) Haru's been training longer than you, but you've been training with Haru the entire time you've been training. So you actually do know some of his tells and like spots in his form where he leaves himself open. You know that Noriko doesn't train as much as he does. She's like not as gung-ho about like the physical side of being part of the dojo. Again, she works reception a lot of the time. But again, you just found out they were like part of the secret group with Hugo. So you're not sure what you can trust of their like public faces at this point. But Damien, you saw them get shot by Whitaker and you observed some of the fight and they, they definitely just seemed like skilled humans. Like, you don't have any reason to suspect Haru or Noriko being, like, supernatural in some way. Uh, I know that Naruko is able to do salt circles and shoot electricity out of her hands. That's true. You know that Noriko is a witch or a spellcaster of some sort. Damien is going to go over to Felicity and pull out a bottle of Tylenol from the tactical vest uh, and shake some out for her but it's weird because this you know spec ops military person like shakes out tylenol just like the tv commercial person does like completely over the top like here you know uh and gives her the pills and it's like oh i i just want to be hot and fit like bethany now i want to go on a date too uh but yeah let's uh let's go save the day so so damien i did think of one tiny Little flaw in, in our plan. Your disguise is Haru right now, right? And you're going to take one of us in and infiltrate like that, right? I think uh, I know. Yes. What, what happens if we see Haru? Can Damien, can you disguise your face under there? You know how to do different faces. Could you just be in Haru's clothing with like maybe slight adjustments? Give yourself different eyes and then try not to talk too much and don't answer questions if people ask what your name is. Yeah. That would eliminate the accidentally running into himself problem. It might buy us a little bit more time in case wherever we're going, Haru is the one who like opens the door. Would be a little bit like that Spider-Man meme though. I'd be looking forward to that. (laughs) Amazing. So who, who's going to be the bait? And Raven kind of glances at Bethany real quick. Bethany can do it. I am made to be bait. That's why I'm wearing this dress. No one expects me to be anything other than the girl in the town tonight. But yes, I'll be the bait. I didn't want to offend you, but I felt like that's what you were implying. One final question before we proceed with this definitely flawless plan. Mm -hmm. So, Bethany's captured, right? Why? That is I'm looking valid. for Hugo. 
I mean, you're all dressed up. Maybe say that you were Hugo's date. I mean, yeah. I feel like maybe Hugo's boss would know that that's a lie, but. <laughs> this is a great idea. I, I like it too. I got enough dumb bitch energy in this beautiful body to really sell the fact that I thought Hugo was had stood me up and I went to his house to yell at him only to be found by other people. Just say you left your keys or something. I do want to touch on just as a keeper to remind you guys. You have leads, but you still need to figure out where they are, right? Because as much as Felicity can like zero in and be like, I know exactly where they are, you know, stony bunker somewhere, like that doesn't really help finding them. I mean, I think we established that our next hunch is the museum. So for right now, I think we should look for Hugo next. I think the plan for right now Museum. Anyone we encounter, yeah, go to the museum. Anyone we encounter, Damien is like, I found this lady sniffing around looking for Hugo, and then you play the angry, you know, stood up date. I'm ready. (laughs) You're angry that you've been taken in and you're confused, which, you know, easy to sell, and you need to know where Hugo is, and that's why Damien's bringing you in. I feel like that's, it's a start. Anyone we encounter who seems like they're involved, that's the play. We can wing it from there. What are your and thoughts? And Felicity and I on... have little friends we can use as messengers and or like stealth. Maybe have Ghosty and Tom follow you guys in and have them report back if you guys are in trouble and we'll burst in. Good idea. I'm just spitballing. <laughs> Wendy that. can help too. Bethany, you might want to act unconscious and put a bag over your head. I worked really hard on this makeup. I understand. I understand. I would rather be able to have my eyes open under the bag. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the bag over my head thing. Here's the thing. I can always redo it. I can always touch up my face. It's just you guys who are going to see me. So it's fine. It's fine. All right. So that group is going to head over to the museum. Agent Whitaker. Some more time goes by. This time, the figures that approach the cells are not hooded. They're the uh, pair of black-suited individuals that abducted you, but they are joined by two more individuals, one who you recognize because you only know one person in the world with four arms. The other is another woman, slight and thin of build, could be related, has the same same skin tone, same kind of eye shape uh, under the mask that she's wearing, although she doesn't have the same black suit that everyone's wearing. She has sort of just like black baggy pants and sort of a tight tube top over her chest and down her arms and tracing up her trapezius up her neck are these glyphs that are done in sort of an ink brush scroll work way to resemble stripes. And so those four arrive, Rhea and her partner, open up Hugo's cell and escort him out. The two other individuals open up your cell. They don't seem to like accost you. They just are standing at attention and expecting you to like walk out of the cell and follow them or be led forward by them. Yeah, he cooperates. He knows she's got a mean grip. Not, not keen to repeat that, <laughs> that event. He, he like, he walks out with them and like purposefully rubs his neck. <laughs> Her focus is all on Hugo, Rhea in particular. Oh, sure, sure. So, you're led down this corridor. Interestingly enough, they don't cover your head for the procession, Whitaker. Uh, oh, and because of that, he is taking in just every inch of the place. <laughs> okay. 
escape routes, other cells, any other prisoners. Mm -hmm. It's all downloaded. Uh, Well, why don't you read a bad situation? I would love to read a bad situation. Thank you very much. Because I will say, this situation is very bad. It's (laughs) quite, quite definitely, actually. Uh, (laughs) There's a non-zero chance that you're Uh, in a bad time. An eight. Let's see what that gets me. Gets me one. What's my best way out? God, if you knew. (laughs) (laughs) Can I see anything that I might like? I mean, your best way out is Joseph Argyle. (laughs) Is him convincing them to not kill you. (laughs) That's your best way. I mean, the other option would be to try and fight your way out and maybe hope that Hugo backed you up. But there are four of them, and three of them in this procession have already kicked your ass. So. Yeah, no, he would, he would not do that, and he would not ask Hugo to do that for him. Right. God. You are brought, you go up some stairs at, once you reach the end of the like, prison cell hallway. You take another hallway down. It's more just like arched stone columns, very little decoration or anything. And so when you are finally let out into this open space, it's sort of a round dais surrounded by raised balconies that kind of form a coliseum type hearing space. There's a little stone pedestal and a hooded figure is standing there next to it. You can see in the balconies, there are other hooded figures up there, and some of them have people in all black standing next to them. It's not all the same uniform. Like, some people have, like, black bandanas covering their face. There are other folks who have a ski mask and, like, a black leather coat, like a thick scarf. All their identities are obscured, but there's no, like, uniformity to it. Just whatever that person has to hide their exact appearance. How many of them are there? A dozen. Okay. The two figures that kidnapped you go and stand at the four corners of this circle, essentially. There are like doorways to each one. And each one of them posts up. Rhea and Zuri go post to the other two. And I guess I can call them Haro and Noriko, but you don't know who they are. They go stand at the other two doors. Hugo, you walk with Whitaker up to that central dais where he doesn't take the hood up, but you can tell that it's Argyle. And he uh, doesn't regard you. He just like waits for you to stand there and then turns and raises his hands to address the the people gathered. Friends, members, we are gathered because this man points at you, Whitaker, found our organization. This man who knows the fight we fight and has fought it himself. This is the second special case in almost as many years, where we have been asked to question our methods for controlling the spread of information about us. A tall figure from up in the balcony section says, You are the only one questioning it. Argyle raises a hand. He says, I admit, I am opposed to the decisions we have had to make in the past to protect our secret. I do not believe any law that is inflexible to special circumstances is one that I could defend. That being said, I will respect the decision of this council. 
and he turns to you, Hugo, and he says, My protege has not been the easiest initiate that we have ever had join our ranks. But he is part of the group. He deserves a moment to speak. And Hugo, you have the floor. And he turns to Mr. Argyle. I don't know what there is to say. One of the people up on the top balcony, you hear a woman's voice. Ha! So he can learn. And then he's going to turn and lock eyes with them. <laughs> I don't know what to say because I do not know, and pardon my language, how stupid of a choice you all seem like you're going to make. Stephanie, from miles away, feels a sense of pride to be your fake girlfriend for the night. <laughs> the woman with one thumb pushes her hat up, and you get a glimpse of her face that is mostly obscured by this black bandana. You can see creeping across her eyebrow ridge and forehead swirls and other tattooed designs. And she says, careful now. What I mean simply, how much do all of you know of Mr. Whitaker here? I assume you all know who he's associated with. I assume you all understand why it's best for us to have allies rather than people who may seek vengeance on us for messing with them. That is irrelevant. The code demands a price. This is a different figure, and you do notice that Paro and Noriko perk up when this voice speaks up, and this Mr. gentleman- Mr. Kojima, it? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. This gentleman stands from where he's been sitting in one of the balcony seats. These sorts of decisions are not made lightly, but in order to preserve the order and its members, sometimes hard choices have to be made. And he sits back down. For the preservation of the order, for the preservation of any being, it needs to be able to adapt. If we are so entrenched within our old teachings and our old way of doing things, we never learn. And with that, he turns back to the same person who had said, oh, he finally learned. You see uh, two of the people behind that woman sitting in the chair. One of them does the thing where they like cock their head, like, you want to go? And the other one rolls her eyes. But the woman with the like large hat is staring at you intently. And her eyes are flicking back and forth between you and Whitaker, trying to get a read on him. There is a reason after I that was so factionalized. There is a figure who is broad-shouldered with their hair done in like a half pony, just a very thick scarf around the bottom of their face and they're sitting next to another person who has their hood up. The taller, broad-shouldered figure says, Hugo has a point. Anything that doesn't change over a thousand years is bound to be outdated. And they go to say more, but the uh, figure with that robe has like a little stick with some feathers on the end of it, and they hold it up against the, the other figure, and they just immediately shut up. But Argyle will step up next to you, Hugo, and he says, Mr. Whitaker is used to keeping secrets, even from his own people. I do not think he is lying when he promised me that our existence would stay concealed. That being said, Mr. Whitaker, what is to keep you from breaking? What is to keep your agency from questioning you? Well, in general, I will say the threat of death is a very persuasive tool in your toolbox. Put that right out there. And for what it's worth, 
actually out of game would i know about any supernatural ways the easty agency is used of ex- for extracting truth from people do they got veritas serum in there they do not olivia easty is a notoriously good interrogator i will let you ponder what that might mean yeah no that's um <laughs> She isn't always called in, but for particularly difficult cases, she sometimes interacts directly with uh, someone they're trying to question. And she usually gets an answer. In my career with the Eastie Agency, save for perhaps the job interview, I've never given anyone in that agency reason to interrogate me. And as long as I keep any sort of indication that something might be afoot here from them, I can't imagine them having a reason to interrogate me on any of your existences whatsoever. Hugo, Argyle looks to you. He, he doesn't say anything, but he does kind of peek at you from under the hood and gives you like a fervent look of like, keep it going, this is momentum. But before you can say more, you just hear muffled screaming from somewhere in this underground compound. And we will cut back over to the lab. Dr. Singh goes over, picks up one of the capsules that has been filled with this golden energy from Aiden, and then goes over to a series of cages that he has over to the side, and they begin rattling as he approaches. And when he goes to open one up, a little gremlin creature leaps out at him, which he quickly like swats away with the cane to like keep it from attacking his face. It is clutching his cane and he tosses that to the ground and it spins around at him, screams like it's gonna come attack him again. And he tosses this little trap device out, clink, clink, clink on the ground. And there is a flash of the same golden light that happens whenever Aiden uses her abilities. And this small little gremlin creature is just vaporized in midair as it leaps the doctor. And he slowly limps over to his cane, picks it up, picks up the silver device, admiring it, and then he turns back to look at Aiden. Did you see? Did you see what we have accomplished together, my friend? You are going to change everything. Aiden doesn't reply. She's just taking very shallow, ragged breaths and isn't even making an effort to lift her head up to look at Dr. Singh anymore. There's just absolutely nothing left of her strength at this point. Investigation group. You guys arrive at the museum. It is after hours. Whitaker, how armed is your van? Because Damien is getting out guns for everybody. Are there hidden weapons in the Whitaker mobile? <laughs> I can't imagine there's more than like one gun in there though. Like Does he, he get keeps... a pickup truck? Yeah, it's so a there's not much space in the cab. Right, it would be like under the seat or something. He's got knives. I'll take a knife. It's probably like a shotgun and maybe like maybe like five throwing knives on a belt, and then like listen a spare revolver in the glove box. Like (laughs) he's a little more trigger happy than the average person because he has the money to be, but he's not like yeah, not like like survivalist Armageddon. Like to the teeth. <laughs> we can tell that these haven't been used. Like these are stored in his truck just in case, but they're not frequently right. used. They're standard issue. That being said, Damien, do you have Whitaker's gun 
the normal one he would carry around with him? Yes, I probably took it off the ground. Yeah, Whitaker dropped it. I have remembered a thing, and it will come up later if you use that gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The spit. Oh, yeah. The spit bullets. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, I forgot God. about those. Yeah, whatever. Different um, clip. Well, Whitaker <laughs> also right. might not have noticed if anything strange happened. Yeah, I'm going to say that Damien had made that special clip but hadn't loaded it. So does Damien have the special clip now since he knows where it was? He probably would have taken it, I would think. Yeah. All right. Safety so. first. And he's going to give it to Bethany. Mmm. Bethany with a gun. Oh, God. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Spicy. Let me just... Put it? Gal Gadot hid a sword in her dress. That's true. You have a purse with you. Am I allowed to take my purse with me? Will they search it? You haven't even found where to go yet. Oh, easy peasy. Yeah, I put it so, in my purse for now. One problem at a time, gang. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll pass out the weapons. Raven has a big knife. It's like a hunting knife. She has a small set of her own throwing knives, and she has her flashlight, which can be used as a weapon. It's like a like a watchman's flashlight. It's really heavy. I don't think Raven is comfortable taking a gun. I don't believe she would really know how to use it. I don't know if she's ever fired a gun before. She has no reason to. So she will happily pass them to anyone who knows how to fire them. If nobody wants the other throwing knives that we found in the truck, Raven will take them because she has a little bit of experience. So I just remembered that I have gear. One of them is a revolver, but I feel like Felicity wouldn't actually have a revolver. I think we replaced Felicity's gear with Ghosty and Tom. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. I just realized... That I had gear marked off. It was like I oh. feel like our our precious cinnamon bun, Felicity Starnberg, hasn't touched a gun. She doesn't have <laughs> a gun. There's no way. She's very excited to have um a knife that she took out of the card, but mm-hmm. she has no intentions of using it. Right. So. Question for you, Raven. Did you bring your ingredients? Yes. Can we salt the building and trap everyone inside? I don't think we'd have enough salt. We also still don't know if this is the place. Yeah, we could just trap a whole bunch of janitors in a building, and we don't want that. That's why, if, if Raven's still driving, she's going to park outside of, I don't know if the museum has, like, gates that lock at night or anything, but she's... It's like, I think the parking lot probably has one of those, like, take a ticket, validated inside. Yeah, she's going to park a little ways before that, because they don't know what they're walking into. She's going for stealth. We're going to park the car over here. And we're going to sneak in, hopefully get past any security cameras if they have any. We're going real sneaky, guys. I don't think any of you are trained to avoid security cameras. And the- we're going to see if there's any obvious ones. <laughs> the, museum, the museum it. does have those. Like, it's a museum. Yeah. There are things that they don't want stolen. So those exist. If they're just walking onto the grounds... I think Raven is going to ask Wendy to de-glamour so that any security cameras would maybe pick up on it and have him run ahead and then start calling and be like, Fluffy, oh my god, Fluffy, come back! And like chase after so on the security cameras. It just looks like a group of people chasing after like a pet rabbit that comes. Okay. Yeah, uh, it is happy we'll to follow this those. plan and... to the group before yeah. letting Wendy in. Felicity. That headache you've been getting Mm -hmm. is no longer just flashes. It's just, like, constant now. So while you might be, like, putting on a brave face and, like, I'm all full of pep, you're not doing so great. Oh, okay. 
It's not so bad yet that I'm going to impose like a mechanical problem, but we'll see. Guys, I think I think we really we we really actually need to hurry. Okay. That's a really brave face you have on. I think we're ready for the plan. Should Felicity and I kind of split up one way, and you and Beth like not completely split up, like so with an eye shop, but maybe. Have we wait, 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 yeah. wait. Us having Damien disguised as Haru, me going up pretending to be angry and unconscious. I don't know if that's going to make us get inside the building. Like, I don't know if that's really going to, you know what I'm saying? We still don't have keys or access. And I think my concern is that in particular. What if we just do the one thing that Hugo would come out for, which is threaten to spill literally every secret in existence. And then Hugo will have to come out and say hello. Even if he's kidnapped, he'll probably kill like six people to come out and make sure that's okay. You know what I'm saying? What if I just go in whoosh, as Hugo? Mm. So the other thing is I don't want to endanger the three of you. I can just phase in, phase out. Can Damien just phase through the front door and unlock it for us? That's what I was thinking. We are so smart. It's so stupid. It's just yeah, so I wanted to bring Raven Eugenia has solved the problem for you all. <laughs> You're going to go through the door then, I guess. Yep. Because this is Autumn Falls and not like DC, there is no like security alarm to go off. Well, he unlocked like, the door. No, like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like he phases through, unlocks the door, but there's no like code or system he has to break or whatever. It's just like they lock the doors. That's it. It's Autumn Falls. Thank God for setting this in a small town. We just walk. You're, so you're now in the spooky, dark Autumn Falls Museum. Flashlight. There's a dinosaur skeleton and shit. I did an overnight with the Girl Scouts at the museum. It's not that scary once you're in the jellyfish room for too long. Raven glances nervously at the section that takes you to where there's like tanks of fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to take a peek around. Yeah, that would be the oh, next thing right. to do. That's a seven. That is not great, but it is, you know, it's fine. You still get to ask one question. Should I ask where did it go for a third time or what is being concealed here? Because that's also a good idea. What is being concealed here? What is being concealed here? I like that. Where did it go? go? (laughs) The dojo. We went to the wrong place. (laughs) After all that, it's the dungeon under the dojo. You figure... None of the exhibits are going to have a Hugo at this hour, and none of the exhibits would have a secret dungeon somehow in them. You don't expect the parasaur to, like, break open in half and have, like, a secret stairway under it. That would be so cool, though. That is so very cool. Hey, I will say, Bethany gets a seven, so she does definitely check that just in case. Like, very much examine the skeletons. Like, what if we, like, what if there's, like, a loose bone that you just pull and immediately opens up? You pull a couple dinosaur bones out of there, like, wire framing, and just, like, nothing happens, you drop them. Taking a dinosaur (laughs) apart. Yeah. But eventually, you go to the back room where there are some lights on in the lab because it's just cheaper to leave the fluorescents running than to turn them off and on. And if there are experiments with plants growing, you want light to be going on and stuff. So you find this back room and you figure like, oh yeah, this must be like where Hugo hangs out a lot. And you do see his little locker back here, Hugo Rashad. All that's in it is like a little lab coat and some like tools to run the experiments. If someone else wants to like roll to help out, I'll let you guys look around a little more in this room. I will not be helping out. Did Raven want to? I have a negative one for my help out. Oh, I I have a one. I can try and help out. I've got like the flashlight. I'll see if I can help shine more light on stuff. That's not good. That's a five. 
That's not helping anybody. <laughs> that's experience. That's what that is. And Raven, instead of helping out, you make things worse. Am I the one who breaks the dinosaur bone? <laughs> no, you're in the lab now. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Can it be like I'm leaning against On the a wall miss. trying to be casual and I accidentally open the secret door and fall into it? On a miss, you expose yourself <laughs> to trouble or danger without oh, helping. No. That would expose, expose us to trouble. You are looking around and Wendy is also looking around, but they're not being as careful as a person would be if they were searching a room. So they're just sort of climbing on top of bookcases and kicking papers around and like making a mess, searching for things. And one of the things they knock over actually is like a glass terrarium. Raven, can you tell your fucking dog to be quiet? It's a jackalope, I think. And yes. They don't seem sorry at first. They just peer over the desk, but they look at you and you like seem upset and their little ears stop and fall back. I'm going to scoop up Wendy. Does anything happen or can I do one more like little look around? Sure. Roll one more time to investigate. She looks through any sort of files they have out or any data or information to see if there's anything that could hint at something else being here. That's a nine. So it's still a mixed success. Would Damien be helping because he's with Bethany? Certainly. Perfect. Is that a sharp or cool? Help out is yeah, plus cool. cool. Uh, seven. Mixed success. Your help grants them plus one, but you expose yourself to trouble or danger. So It gets me to a ten, though. It gets you to a ten. Bethany, you're looking around. You're checking books and things. You get to this one bookcase, and you're like, all the books on those shelves are just like normal science reference books. Flora of the Northwest. And I'm like, microbes in you. It's just like Boring. a bunch of like... You know, science texts about... in you. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. So you're glancing around, your eye catches something. And it's a little, like, thermostat pad, but it's in the middle of a wall. It's not, like, tucked away. It's just, like, number keypad on it. And you're like, what the heck? And you do see that some of the numbers there are, uh, they're worn away more than normal. So you poke at that for a second. Damien, you see her messing around, and you go to, like, touch it, but you are accidentally in phase mode, and your hand just goes through the wall, and you feel like, hey, it's empty back there. And then suddenly you, you feel something poke at your hand, and you, like, feel around and feel the chest of someone behind, like, on the other side of the wall. And so you pull your arm away quickly because you've exposed yourself now to danger. And he's just going to tell Bethany, like, really quietly, just, like, run, run immediately. What the fuck? What did you find? The bookcase does slide over, Bethany, revealing a doorway, and standing there is a figure in all black. Do we recognize them? I don't think you do recognize this one. So it's not the two figures in black that we've seen so far? It is not either of them, no. Okay. Can I roll to act under pressure? I want to pull my gun. <laughs> I have one! I want to pull it out. You know, that's the problem with guns. Damien's eyes glow green as he looks at the figure in the doorway. Could you do me a favor, fellow? And I'm gonna roll to use my manipulate person that's super effective because I'm a demon. I get to ask for three favors. Okay, so Damien, not panicking because you're like, I'm gonna ask this person three questions. Would you do me some favors, friend? Would you stay absolutely quiet? 
and place your hands behind your back for a while. And then would you continue doing those things for as long as possible? And Damien's gonna walk up and pull out a pair of handcuffs that he stole from the police station and just handcuff the figure. And then I'll just throw him over my shoulder and uh, let me help you out. And then I will walk the figure towards Bethany and just sort of make the, I, I don't know what to do now, face. You guys have discovered a secret passage. It looks like that stone texture, Felicity, that you've been seeing in these visions. This is it, this is it, this is it. Okay, Damien, let's put the, let's put the body outside maybe, or somewhere where it cannot follow us. I think that's a good move. We should go down there because even if this isn't the right place, although I trust Felicity's judgment, we don't get to see your passageways every single day. And so it's worth going regardless. Perfect. I will take him out and I'll duct tape him up a bit. Okay. You can duct tape him to like one of the chairs in the lab if you wanted to. Yeah. Hands, feet, mouth, and then to the chair. And then we're good to go. I guess you would take his mask off to do that, right? Yeah. To see who it is. This is a gentleman. He's got a little bit of stubble going on. But other than that, his head is mostly shaved. And I don't know his name, but you know that model who has the skull tattoo and then like his whole body is tattooed? He's like a famous yes. model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It resembles that guy uh, in terms of the amount of tattoo and the style of them. It's very ornate, but sort of macabre subject matter, along with some generic shapes and line work that sort of connect and interweave amongst the imagery. And the guy's eyes are glowing with like the green magic of Damien's charm ability. But yeah, he's got these very elaborate tattoos all over him. Can I have finagled it? So like, I know he saw Bethany because we were like in front of the bookcase, but can he not have seen Felicity or Raven? If you like slapped your hand over his eyes, yeah. Just to make things a little neater later on. Mm-hmm. Smart. Mm-hmm. So you guys head downstairs. Mm-hmm. Right. The first area you get to is the big library space with all the old scrolls and books and a big central table and then some ornate decorative weapons, drawers that have other things in them. No one is in this room. There's a couple old scrolls out on the table that just have a diagram of the human nervous system overlaid with like chakra points. And then there's another one that it's a biology drawing of what looks to be some sort of a type of forest spirit. Raven has Windy on her shoulders. So they're just kind of like ready to go if something should happen. There's no one here. We're just vibing. There's no one in this room. There are doors at the other end of the room that seem to go down more of these corridors. Let's check for fucking traps. I'm gonna roll to investigate a mystery. You're in a strange place. You don't understand this place. You've never been here before. You're just trying to get your bearings. 14. I can spot everything. I'm eagle eyes over here. Wow. Yeah, and you did a little bit of agent training with Whitaker, so you post up and, like, cover your corners, and, you know, you look at the doors across the hallway, and only one of the, like, doors that leads down a different corridor, the torches are lit in. And as you're thinking, like, well, if they didn't light the other routes, why would they go down there? You hear another scream. Well, actually, this is the first time you've heard it. But you hear this blood-curdling scream, and Felicity, your head, that headache where, like, all you can hear is that, like, pitch tone, 
just racks you. Okay, so there's a lit door, and then there's one where there's screams coming down. A lit it's hallway, the same, and then it's the same direction. Hallway. The scream is just coming from somewhere within the compound, but the hallway that has the torches lit is like the easiest one to traverse at this point. Okay, everyone, I don't see any traps. I'd be really mad if I rolled this 14 and there were some. Let's just start fucking going. Um, I'm gonna go down the one that's lit because that makes the most sense for them to be. Would you guys, should we all go together or do you think we should split up? I don't really like splitting up, but I don't want to waste any more time. It sounds like somebody's in pain and I don't want to spend time guessing who it is. I think we should stick together. And Graven's going to look at Felicity and be like, was that Aiden? Did you recognize that? Yep, that was Aiden. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Felicity, you get a minus one going forward for now. Bethany, before they start moving, turns to first Felicity and then to Raven and just says, are you going to be good to both of them? Raven, because she is close with Aiden and Felicity, because she looks like she's not doing so hot. Are you going to be all right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. I, I get that this is a mission and we want to be heroes, but I'm not about to put you in a position where you are going to experience even heavier levels of distress because of some of the stuff that might be here. When you want to leave, that's what the fuck we're doing, okay? Deal. Let's go. All right. Let's go. And Bethany puts on the sneakers, she puts the heels in her bag, and she starts running down the lit hallway. Oh, at a brisk walk. Raven's gonna just put a hand on Felicity's back as kind of just leading her since she's looks like she's having trouble seeing, just guiding her to keep mm-hmm. up with the group. Yeah, Damien's right behind Bethany, disguised as the guy they took out. Bethany grabs Damien's, like, wrist-to-hand thing because she just wants to have him close because she knows he can think fast and she can't think as fast as he can. Hugo and Whitaker, that scream happens and you're like, what is going on? And Hugo, you realize you haven't seen Aiden since they brought her in. And there was a reason you and Argyle didn't tell anybody else here about her. Mm-hmm. Argyle says, I think the point Hugo has been trying to make is whether or not we can continue the way we have while the world changes around us. The more interconnected the human world becomes, the more that bleeds over into the supernatural. And when you have monsters texting and finding their targets with GPS, can we still be so preoccupied with eliminating witnesses, especially those who are fighting the same fight as us? And there are some murmurs amongst the hooded council members up on the balcony and stuff. You see some of the like figures in the black who, from the vibe you're getting, they're like the underlings. If Hugo was not on trial right now, he would be standing next to Argyle in one of the hoods, and then he would be in like a black outfit, like his armor. Do you want to try and roll a manipulate check in order to have the final word? I'm pretty sure Hugo would honestly just shut up because he has a minus one to charm, so. And he also has another negative because he's in, you said because he was in bad standing or something. I'm going to make you roll it, though. Okay. Because <laughs> this is Monster of the Week. <laughs> I will remind you, you have a mechanic for dire situations. Called luck, Hugo. Called luck. Might not need it, because I got a nine. 
That is a mix. It's very close to being a straight-up success. Whitaker? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess Whitaker can Use help the power out. of love. What do you roll to help out? Plus cool. Plus cool. Oh, I'm so cool. You are very cool. That's that's a nine. Your help so grants them the plus one, but you expose yourself to trouble or danger. <laughs> well, oh, first of all, Hugo, we need your line first. You're going to get some help, so it doesn't have to be perfect, but it should be pretty convincing. Maybe it's time we open up carefully. I know no one believes we will be able to get any good benefit from working with other groups. It may be worthwhile to at least have a contact within another group. And if needed, I can keep an eye on that contact for as long as is necessary. It's not like he's going to tell anyone. He looks over at Whitaker. Whitaker, what's the line you say that helps you go but exposes you to danger? Whitaker says something along the lines of, we can negotiate the ratio of how much the Eastie Agency knows about you versus how much I can tell you about the Eastie Agency. He's offering, like, I can give you some of their secrets at a beneficial exchange rate for your secrets. I imagine that'll open him up to danger within the Eastie Agency. It might. Uh, there's something else I want to do, too, but I want to press my luck. What is it? Do it. Do it. He, mm, I want to, <laughs> mm, it's a, come on. It's a demand oh. <laughs> in regards to my silence. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Go for it. What's the worst that could happen? If you do not think that the threat of death is enough to keep me under your thumb in terms of silence, I can offer a deal on top of that. A lot of the people in robes are now standing as if they're about to, like, cast a vote or make their final decision as you're, like, spinning through this, like, last plea. Oh, yeah, this is not, this is not demand for the last plea. Whitaker, we'll, we'll discuss this later. This is a later date thing. You kind of, yeah, you kind of see them standing and, and immediately, like, think, I'm just gonna shut up no, now. Well, <laughs> threat death, it's pretty convincing. <laughs> I like my life. I got a lot of life left to live. So, they all stand, and <laughs> I want to go back to our, our other group. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> Sorry. It's just so good. Y'all, what are you doing? I'm Listening. following the screams. Yeah. Okay. I'm also following wherever they take me. Felicity, you are almost one for one experiencing the vision that you experienced that told you Aiden was going to be in trouble. You're running down this stone hallway, torches, flashing lights, and you're kind of using that almost to guide the group forward. Your eyes have that like future vision glow to them. And the rest of you are, are almost like struggling to keep up with her. She's like in a desperate mad dash towards the sound of this cry for help. Felicity, you throw open the door to this lab. Your hand just goes forward and that door is Good. blown yep. off its hinges by your magic. Mm -hmm. The doctor whips around and Aiden is just twitching and convulsing on this machine. And we're gonna jump to Aiden. She is just shuddering at this point. She can barely breathe. And for a moment, she's not in the lab. She is standing before these massive metallic arches with the golden circuitry running throughout them. There is a dark sea of nothingness behind her. And through the gateway ahead of her, 
are the Gardens of Paradise. She extends her wings slightly and begins to glide towards this entryway. But before she can cross the threshold, a lightning strike hits just inside the barrier, and a being made of pure light steps out of it. She slows her approach and backs up from this figure as it regards her for a brief moment, and then shakes its head sadly as it says, No. And she is sent hurtling back and impacts like a meteor into desolate, dark, barren earth, wind whipping debris in the air. She sits up and in the wind, Wrath's face appears. Not physically there, but like a manifestation of Wrath. And it just looks at her and Aiden is wiping the dirt and tears from her face. And Wrath just says, no. And she appears again in front of those arches, more tired, more exhausted. And that figure at the gate is like about to leave, turns around and is just like, no. She is sent whipping back again. Aiden is constantly being thrust back and forth between paradise and the place apart because this machine is trying to kill her. And that's where we'll end our session for tonight. Aiden, Aiden, what are you doing? Aiden's uh, gonna need a hug and a nap after this. I know it was super stressful, but I thought it'd be fun to take the fighters off the board and make our fledgling hunters really pull their weight this time. <laughs> yeah, Natalie, this was a great concept for a mission. I love it. This is fine. I think we learned that Hugo's actually very good at public speaking, if you just give him a shot. <laughs> All right. Put enough narrative stress on this I man. Pull out <laughs> Only with the threat of certain death.